Hello and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. I've been a fan of Jeff Black's songwriting for many years. He was born in Kansas City and grew up in Liberty. In the 1980s, Black began performing at Blaney's, a blues club here in Kansas City, where he also worked as the bouncer. Jeff began touring and eventually relocated to Nashville, where he reconnected with Kansas City friend Iris Dement, lending some backing vocals on Dement's 1992 debut album, Infamous Angel. Black's own first album, Birmingham Road, was recorded with the members of the band Wilco, minus lead singer Jeff Tweedy. Those songs have been described as fine portraits of American life without the sappiness or self-consciousness that is often attributed to the singer-songwriter genre. His intimate live shows provide a masterclass in songcraft appreciation, tempo, and audience interaction. After a two-year pandemic-induced hiatus, I was finally able to welcome Jeff back into the KKFI studios for a sit-down conversation and private mini-concert in support of some recent Midwest gigs. We talked about music education, or the lack thereof, the pandemic, of course, collaboration, mentorship, and the value, or not, of songwriting workshops. Enjoy this musical conversation and performance with the lyrical and very talented Jeff Black.
Johnny laid his head on the table He said, folks, I think it's time to go And he stumbled out of Wissom and Fathy Well, and we never seen him no more Well, he used to paint a pretty good picture And he used to play the old guitar And I could see him still up on Terrace Hill Looking up at the stars Nothing stays the same that a blessing in disguise Won't steal away with my dream I hold more honey than the hive Yeah, nothing stays the same It that a blessing in disguise Won't hold on to my dream I hold more honey than the hive there, Mr. Black. Good morning. Good morning. Is that a brand new tune? I love the sentiment. It's, yeah, it's way new. <laughs> it's very new. It's so new that we have our um, notebook out with the <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, I've got a lyric sheet, but it doesn't do me any good because I can't see it. Oh, so you don't have the right set of glasses on? Just, like I, I have three sets of glasses. No, I got this little dead zone of vision, and if it's, ah, it doesn't matter. It's just sort of a comfort to have it there so just in case i need to i love the sentiment nothing stays the same and that's a blessing in disguise isn't it yeah it's yes 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 we were talking before uh, we went on the air for about the last hour about how you re- re- you reach a certain vintage and there's there's some great things about that you know how you can let go of some things and realize that, that this too shall pass and it's not all gloom and doom all the time and that music and art and nature is is the is the antidote you know it's the it's a great comfort and i don't really and i'm sure i don't really even think about it very much except for you know some aches and pains and that sort of thing but i i don't really ever I don't think about it too much. You know, it's like I remember one time asking my dad when he turned 70, I said, what's it feel like to be 70? He said, I don't know. I feel like I did when I was about 18, except for I just get a little more tired. <laughs> and I, that was a great comfort yeah, to me. Because yeah, I was I, like, you know, it scares you. I would young. agree with your dad now that I'm 70. I And I find also it very important to surround yourself with young people and to stay engaged and connected to people that are not just your age or not just your anything, you know, just keep it in the mix. Keep yeah, it in the mix. That's where those kids come in. So I'm so <laughs> thankful that you are my first live music guest in almost two years. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you what, getting back out has been, I couldn't get here fast enough. And just driving down the highway yesterday, I felt like, And it was oh, a beautiful day, probably, to do that. I, absolutely. I, I miss travel. We were talking, I'm going to take my first trip to Europe ever in June. I'm going to Austin in a couple of weeks for the first time in years. It's We were talking about how, I, I don't even know what to pack or how to pack for a trip any <laughs> anymore. Well, it used to be there right before, you know, 20 and 21. I just had, I kept everything packed. I kept a suitcase packed all the time. I just... I just had to grab things and throw them in and go. And then after this, you know, everything gets kind of scattered. And I really had to kind of relearn 
how to be an old traveling troubadour. Yeah, well, there is everything. For those of our listeners who may not be familiar with Jeff Black and his music, let's just give him a little thumbnail, 411, that you're from this area originally. Yep, born in Kansas City, grew up in Liberty, up in Clay County. And you left for Nashville 25 years ago now? 89, so it's about 31. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, sure. you've seen some incredible changes in Nashville. I've seen incredible changes just since 2010 when I started going down and there. And even, yeah, and even coming into Kansas City, there's so much different, you know, ways I used to go on the highway and things like that. I'm like, oh, they changed this around here. Yeah, Kansas or Nashville's has uh, exploded. But yes, the the skyline in Nashville and also Austin is like unrecognizable mm-hmm. to me when I'm coming in either flying or driving. It's like my points of reference are all gone. I my landmarks are like where did they go? I don't yeah. It's a it's a great town to live in. Kansas City's a great town, but there was just, you know, there was a lot of music down there, so I moved down in in 89, just started working odd jobs and chipping away at it and calling folks and uh, had a little publishing deals did a little major label deal you know towards the end of the 90s just kept playing and kept coming back and playing you know coming back to the old stomping grounds and touring and and uh writing with some folks and it got lucky a few times and you know just keep on going i then i turned around and it's like oh gosh i've been playing music almost my whole life so well, it's an amazing catalog and one that you should be very, very proud of. It has given me great comfort for the last oh, 20, 25 years. It's it's such a pleasure to, to have it in my in my library and to be able to turn people onto it. We, we were talking, uh, it's been years ago now, but I, probably during Folk Alliance, I had you and Chad Elliott here in the studio at the same time, and you had never met, let alone ever you know, played or jammed together. And I've still got this on video where you guys just light into this blues tune, which is not something that I would normally associate with either one of you, hardcore blues, but it was amazing. I can't remember what the name of the song is. Oh, I don't don't know. Um, I don't know whether it's something he made up or or he just kind of bluesified something that he plays regularly, but it was uh, was an amazing thing to witness. And I always think that all you guys know each other, you know, if you're from the same town or from the same area or from Nashville, I just assume that everybody knows everybody and you don't. No, yeah, but you know, you just kind of speak the same language you know? Yes, and it's the the language of music, and it's very, it's all math, I guess. Yeah. Which I it's all pixie dust to me. I think it's I think it's wonderful. <laughs> Did your relationship with time change over the last two years? Yes, it's always been a little it's been a little wobbly anyway because you know when you start thinking back about if something if I think something happened a year ago, it had to be three to five years anyway. You know, I'm always off anyway, but I felt like. There were a lot of times when time just, it was standing still, you know, and I felt like, oh, you know, you like when you're spinning your wheels, if you're stuck in the mud, I felt a little stuck in the mud, you know, during that time and staying home. You know, I come home from Folk Alliance in 20. That was New Orleans? Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. down in New Orleans. And so, and then I came home and, you know, they weren't testing then, but, you know, I'd be surprised if I didn't have it because I... I came home, had about three weeks of wrestling with it, that's for sure. And uh, then after that, uh, finally, you know, uh, whenever it was after that, you know, and then I couldn't get vaccinated fast enough and uh, getting boosted and all that, you know, and then that seemed to open up, you know. I know there's this thing going around, people saying, you know, time is a flat circle and things are destined to repeat themselves and that sort of thing. And that might be true if you've got that sort of attitude, but I don't don't really live in that world because that's kind of a negative 
connotation to it all, I think. And I just felt like relying on our, uh, you know, our leaders and all that sort of thing to get things cranking was uh, making me kind of grumpy. And when they, when we finally started, you know, starting to roll towards, you know, seeing the light, you know, at the end of that COVID tunnel, it was, um, it seemed to, you know, the, the minute hand started moving a little bit better for me. You know, I wish, well, that's a silly thing to say. I don't really wish, but I'm kind of surprised that I didn't, you know, write four or five records and a novel and a book of poetry and all that stuff, but my mind was not there. You know, I'd, I would jot down little things and I would always play the guitar and that sort of thing and plunk on the mandolin. And But I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't motivated. There was, I had this, the empathy was like, I felt like I was kind of in this mist of, I don't know what's going on. Well, maybe on. it was just a reset or a recharge. I mean, that you needed. I mean, you've been working very hard for a while. Well, I got I got it. I gotta admit something. Staying home after a little while, I was really liking it a lot. I did too. <laughs> I I turn to Danny sometimes. I think you know. I, I think maybe I don't like people as much as I thought I did because when we go out now, things just bother me. You know, people's behavior sometimes. <laughs> That's I'm right. Like, Am I going to say something or I'm just going to sit here and take it? Um, but you know, I think it's perfectly okay that you. You perhaps didn't generate as much as you you maybe did the two years before that or whatever. It's time sometimes for them by yeah. The but mind. you kind of I don't know. I, then I turn around and I go through journals and things that I've written things down and I think oh yeah. And then I never really stop writing. I just wasn't finishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a. Did you get on the streaming bandwagon with ever? You, you know, one of the another thing that I admire about you is you seem to be kind of on like the cutting edge or the leading edge of whatever. Um, digital or technology thing is happening. I mean, you podcasted very, very early on, did you not? Or oh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, like yeah. 05. And yeah, 06. and I remember you in the studio one time, and you were simultaneously posting to Twitter and Instagram and doing all this. I mean, this is a long time ago, and I was real impressed with how engaged you were in the business the so-called business or marketing side of what you do, you've always seemed to have that component in your toolbox yeah, as well. I, I didn't really realize that. I just, like, once I got a hold of that phone, I thought, oh, I can tell more people about the show. You know, that's the main thing, really. And that's the main thing, is you just want to put on a show. Yeah, and you want people want to, to come. Go. I just want to play music, and, really. And, and then listen. Sometimes there's some of that stuff on the outside that you kind of have to... So having just said what you said, what, what would you preserve, if anything, of the last two years would you moving forward for the next year or two will you be more amenable to giving yourself a break and you know taking it easy if it's not flowing no i don't think so i think the break was great and then even before covid there were some things that kept me at home i had to i had to go through several little transitions in my life and so after that i now you know like they say getting back down to fight and wait and getting back out there because really that's what I love to do is to go and play live and I love to write songs and I love to write with the anticipation of playing them live when it's kind of scary let's know? do some more of that shall we okay <laughs> he's sitting there with this beautiful mandolin and he's got a pick in his hand and he's ready this is Jeff Black rain a little rain a little Big old thunderstorm coming knocking at my door. Before I got my boots on, man, she don't pass through town. Better left me reeling in some old trees, man. 
I love to come back. I love to play down knuckleheads. I love Carl and Sharon and those guys, that little gospel line. Just, you know, like, it's just got the places. best sound. And over the years, the audience, for the most part, has been trained how to behave, you know, in there. Oh, I like them close so I can keep and my talk. eyes Yeah, on. yeah. It seems like once you move out into a bigger room, you lose all control over people talking and, you know, enjoying themselves a little too much but um yeah the gospel lounge is a very unique i've come to know as a very unique venue oh yeah what what they have anything like that in nashville i mean uh let's see now it used to be i like d's you know and i like going to the five spot and all but it's not intimate like that where it's you can hear a pin drop no it's it's um 
The bluebird is probably quiet. Yeah, the bluebird's pretty quiet. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be making too much noise. You'll get shushed in there. Um, you know, sometimes you can get a room pretty quiet. You know, it's like the softer you sing, sometimes the more quiet people will get, you know, because they don't want to be the ones <laughs> yeah, standing yeah. in the back. Oh, and I will be the one. I will <laughs> be the Karen that's out there telling you to be quiet, too. Did I ask you, did you do streaming a lot or oh, at, at all? a few times, yeah. My daughter Zuzu was my producer, so she was like right there with me and so that really made it i've always loved that name Susie. yeah that made it possible you know for me to actually kind of go through with it but honestly it's really hard because i just i like it when everybody's there you know it kind of completes the whole exchange the whole creative exchange when there's an audience and it's it's that's a that's a tough one it is a tough one doing the little zoom things are really they really it's a it's a whole different mindset it is a different mindset and as as a audience member or someone who is a a patron or a follower sometimes it's the only thing i love the blue rock studio specials that they did from um down there in texas that series was was lovely a streaming online concert thing but i find that the artist's preoccupation with the chat and what's happening in the chat is a little disconcerting to me. As someone who's who's listening, I mean, I can't, I can't even see it. I know, I know me. that you want to know that there's somebody <laughs> out there and how they're reacting to it. Yeah. But if you're just joining us, this is Jeff Black from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. He is in our fair town to play for those of you who are lucky enough and smart enough to get your tickets ahead of time yeah. to a sold out show in the Gospel Lounge tonight. And we're, you're playing in Manhattan, Kansas tomorrow. Is that Lakeside? Right? Is that um, a house concert? concerts yeah so you know if you're in the manhattan area come on i think you probably know about those Mm -hmm. lakeside they're easy to find on facebook and all that stuff so i wanted to ask you if you had done any sync licensing with your music is that an avenue for you or a stream for you uh there are a few things music for movies and I did some private things there's been some things show up with um, a friend of mine a painter named steve childs I had done a documentary about um, ballet, and they used um, a song shot from the street from Honey and Salt. A movie called Steel City, uh, directed by Brian John. He used a couple of songs in there over the years. There's been some private things. I've done some, what's the word I'm looking for? Some interstitial music, you know, for some folks. Uh, some, And there's been uh, some placement in The Thing Called Love, that Peter Bogdanovich mm-hmm. film. And there's, yeah, there's some things. I can't remember everything now. A few things. It's That's an entirely different world. You know, it is. It. I'm just learn, I'm learning about it. And there's so much content out there yeah. that needs it, you know, with all the streaming services and all the channels and all the movies and series and episodes. There's a lot of, you don't realize how much music is so pervasive through all of that until yeah. you turn it off and there isn't any yeah i don't know that i've ever written anything specifically for it. i have I've, I've written some bed music for a friend of mine that he used to with uh, he was they were doing some creative things and they were kind of inter corporate things and he he was he was a fan of my music and so that was easy i didn't really have to do anything much different i was just writing music that without any lyrics are you classically trained in any any way did you oh, go? no, no you're to- totally self-taught but your kids are both pursuing music at, at, they're being educated oh yeah my daughter's uh, she's uh, at, she's um, gonna major in composition and uh she already knows a lot more about music than i do i i kind of know what i like and it takes me a while to find it but 
you know, on piano and I play a little bit of everything, but master at none, you know. So I, I think that I think sometimes I have to go back to my high school days and we had a choir director and uh, that taught several music classes and as soon as I got all my prerequisites out of the way I started taking every music class I possibly could you know before I got out of high school and it was a great benefit to me public education was still was still yeah you know but we 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 were operating on a whole different tier with him his name's Bob Buecher and he was like he really took us to an entirely different level than I'd ever been you know before then and it took me a long time to get in to the concert choir you have to audition for it so i didn't get in until i was a senior because first of all my self-esteem was so <laughs> low to sit in a room and audition and sight i wouldn't read go back to high somebody. school for no amount of money well no i wouldn't either but i'm glad i had the experience yeah you know that's for sure but that kind of took it to a new level so my understanding of music and then once you get down to uh, to nashville i you know i kept learning you know because i was i was writing songs but i I learned a lot more about songwriting. Well, you were collaborating, right? You were not very much. I was really lucky. Did you go uh, into a room in one of those little houses on Music Row for from nine to five and co-write with people ever? A couple of times, but it's really not. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, I've done it a few times. Now Sam Bush and I get together and write, and that's an entirely different uh, situation. We're friends, Mm -hmm. so we sit and we talk all afternoon, and before you know it, we've kind of got a song. It's a safe harbor. Yeah, we just we're just shooting the breeze and uh, drinking coffee, and we'll start telling stories, and we and then we. we land in a place where we both ready to go yeah you're just comfortable there you know so you do that i tried to do it a few times but it yeah it just didn't work out for me that well i was i don't know i'm i've got a weird job for being kind of an introvert you know (laughs) i have found that a lot of musicians are socially introverted and then think nothing of getting up on a stage in front of five thousand people and singing or playing an instrument or whatever and you know radio for me is is different i didn't start doing this until i was almost 60 years old and it's a very solitary Mm -hmm. thing i'm sitting here apparently physically looks like i'm talking to myself (laughs) and then when i go out in public and i'm asked to MC something or get up and and speak in front of people i i just die a thousand deaths i just it's nerve-wracking it's very very (laughs) nerve-wracking when you first went to to Nashville or even since you've been there have you been mentored by anyone or have you mentored a young songwriter that's maybe come to town from the heartland and oh Jeff Black I was told to look look you up can you help me (laughs) I think in in probably little in flashes and little mentoring you know I always try to give people encouragement and I like to for people to feel empowered there's a guy I know that works at guitar store Uh, down there and we were talking about it the other day as a matter of fact i was just i think he was feeling a little apprehensive a little nervous about you know approaching people and you know publishers and that sort of thing and playing his song i said man that's their job i said don't shy away from that part of it you know i was as soon as i got to nashville i started calling people i didn't know and getting a hold well that's just just didn't know any better ignorance you don't know what effect something you say or do is going to have on someone it could be Mm -hmm. just the smallest gesture or thought or word and it can change somebody's life i mean that's happened to me where that's people have done that for me so it's it's all about again having the antenna up and being open to 
to receiving it and Mm -hmm. being willing to be a conduit for it. Well, I'm going to play a little spot here, and when we come back, maybe we have another song. Oh, I'd love to play. All right, we'll be right back. This is Jeff Black. You are tuned to the Tasty Brew Music Radio Show here on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Thank you, and thank you to Jeff Black for coming in early this morning. Uh, Is this early for you? Are you an early riser? Oh, no, no. Because you do have a show tonight. I've been up for a long time. Oh, yeah. No, I usually wake up. Pretty early. Even if I stay up late, I wake up. I guess I got that from a girl. My circadian rhythms are all off right now. I want to sleep in the afternoon, and a lot of times I push through it and don't. But if I do not take a nap, I will be up at some point, you know, during the night trying to solve all the world's problems. Yeah, I like to take a little Uncle Amos nap, which is just fall asleep in the chair for about five minutes. That's that's all I need. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. What you got for us now? This beautiful guitar. Well, you know, from old days uh, bouncing people out of the bar down at Blaney's and Monday nights the Kansas City Blues Band and that sort of thing it definitely got stuck and I uh, I always try to throw some sort of little blues number on every record and this is uh, this is one I think this is off B-Sides volume 2 and this is called All Right Now That's why they never let me uh, sit in at the blues jam, huh? All right. (laughs) I took a trip up to Killer City, a little town where I was born. I saw what a lot there might have given me. I turn around and I tell home, it's all right now. It's all right now It's all right now It's all right now Dropped down to see the doctor He gave me some strange, strange news He said, I think you're gonna live forever, boy But you're gonna die a little bit before you do And it's all right now It's all right now It's all right now Help me solve a little mystery Got it right on the tip of my tongue Help me solve a little mystery Ain't no futures in the worry. Cows out walking in the corn. Every night I go to heaven, baby. Every morning I am reborn. And it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right. Is it though? <laughs> it's all right. I just love those blues lick, you know, and it, it is Kansas City. We are known for our blues and our jazz. Workshops. 
Can we talk about workshops for a second? Let's talk about workshops. Do you host them? Have you been to them? Do you, what do you, th- I'm kind of taking the temperature on the value of a workshop. A lot of our local songwriters have never been to one. Have you hosted? I have. I have hosted. Hmm. I remember going to. Maybe once or two. Over at Mass Street Music, we did one a few years ago. You did one at Francais, too, once, where we there was a whole bunch of people. We just showed up, and we went around the room, and you had us throw out lines. And Where was it? At, at a music shop over here off the plaza. This is years ago. At uh, Mark Fransky's yeah, place. Mark yeah, Mark Fransky's place. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about we that We just one. went yeah. around the room, and everybody was yeah. tasked with coming up with a phrase. And I re- think I was kind of taking the temperature of workshops, too, at the time, because yeah. it, you know, when it started getting popular... Because I, I really do love to share my story. And like I said, you know, if you can inspire or empower people to not be afraid. I think I started doing this before I knew any better. After you kind of get in there, you you find out there's not a lot of magic dust on anything. You know, it's just, you just got to do the work. I've done some things with BMI over in D.C. It was like one of the, it was like the first folk alliance I'd ever attended. We actually came up here through the NSAI, the Nashville Songwriters Association, through the chapter up here we did this and this was wow that was a long time ago too i don't know when that was early 90s maybe so i've i've participated like been on a panel i've hosted a few of them i think they're a great idea most of the time i feel like you you kind of have to find your own way but it's just like anything else i think it's i think it's a gathering mission for you if you want to attend you know you kind of go and take what you think might help i think it depends on your my i had terry klein on the air last week who is out of austin by way of boston and he said attending mary gaucher's workshop changed his life and that he really i mean it was a game changer for him because he was a lawyer and he'd been in the corporate world but he'd been messing around with writing his whole life but never had you know the confidence the impetus or whatever to claim being a songwriter Mm -hmm. and now that's what he does and he's got a new record out and it's been you know critically acclaimed and he's and he had nothing but praise for the concept of a workshop if you are just starting out or you feel like you're stuck i mean it seems like a good idea but i think you'd have to be pretty open to benefiting from it if you're going to spend that time and money yeah i think that it's i think it's a hard songwriting in itself is difficult to teach but it's easy to do now it depends on how far you want to take it and i think that i've always been a firm believer that anyone can paint anyone can write poetry anyone can write a song or learn to play an instrument and then when i hear people say that they can't sing i just don't believe them i think it's oh you never heard my dad (laughs) trying to sing in church oh lordy i know but i didn't say sing in tune (laughs) i just said sing you know and i think i think it's important i think it's an important part of our lives and i for some reason it always just kind of hovered over me you know even when i was a kid even before you know i learned two three chords it just seemed like that was part of my life there is something magic about a sing-along where people join in it happened last night at the bottleneck when molly tuttle does a cover of the rolling stones she's a rainbow 
And I wouldn't have thought that most of those kids in the audience would have known that that was a Rolling Stones song or even known that song. But there were not enough of us <laughs> old geezers in the audience that we were, oh, my God, that's a Rolling Stones song, buddy. Oh, our yeah. age group was singing. Molly and I did Mountain Stage together last, was it last year, I think, right? when Yeah, I think it was last year when we when everybody was starting to get back out a little bit. Is it before yeah. Kathy Matea took Mm-hmm. To go That's in, right. yeah. Kathy did, yeah. Yeah, she's phenomenal. She has a great band with her right now, too. Live music, it's it's back. You're back. It's starting to get back out there. Yeah, I hope I hope we just kind of bust the doors down and go. I know that it's some people are scared and I think if you're careful, I think you can avoid it. I think it's I think this latest variant or whatever you call it is pretty contagious obviously there's still three thousand people a day dying you know in the country overall it's just yeah you have to stay safe you know especially if you're if you're high risk i you know i'm boosted and all that i wear a mask when i go out to the grocery store and do all those things i wore my mask last night unless i was drinking i'm planning on wearing my mask at folk alliance almost all the time and one of the things that i've noticed in the last two years of wearing a mask everywhere is i have not had a sinus infection i haven't had a cold i haven't been sick yeah that's pretty but for having covid (laughs) i haven't been sick at all yeah it's just trying to do my best to uh mitigate my own risks and trying to be a decent adult well what's what's the be uh the best way for folks to access all things jeff black is blacklisted still the thing to do yeah it's the thing to do that's for sure you can find out more at jeffblack.com and there's all kinds of stuff on the website and uh, i've even got a old pete seeger and woody guthrie movie to watch on there if you to hear my banjo play that's on the cinema link come and check out you there's a lot to learn about the blacklist and you know people i've been very fortunate people like to be part of um, my record you have a tribe uh, a village yeah I'm, i'm i'm really really fortunate man I really am. Well, we're fortunate to uh, we claim you. It doesn't matter if you've been gone thirty years. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna claim Jeff Black for Kansas City and environs I here hope in the so. heartland. Yeah. I hope do you have another song? Andy? I certainly do. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 hear another song. This is Jeff Black playing tonight at the Gospel Lounge. Sold out. Jehovah's Witness knocking at my door. They wanna know when the suffering will end.
purchased angels flying from Lake Pontchartrain. There's no truth and the end. Love, it's only love, old friend. There are no stars and sky. That just ain't your light. Days gone. You know, one of the things that I love about hosting a show is I can ask to throw people under the bus every once in a while. I've asked Jeff to play... My favorite song from my favorite album of Jeff's. Uh, I love all your music. I, I love whatever you put out. But I think the reason I love Tennelly so much is it was my introduction to you. Even though Birmingham Road was, you know, earlier and there was earlier music, the first one I really knew about and listened to constantly was Tin Lily. I mean, I literally wore it out. I don't know. I have to really think about why that, that record means so much to me. But I just love Tin Lily. And Easy On Me is my favorite song from that. Oh, I'd love to play it for you. So I've asked Jeff to play it for us. And uh, when we do, we'll be about done. And it'll be time for me to say goodbye. And, and I will be visiting with my friend Jeff after we go off the air. We'll take some pictures. and uh, But please, uh, jeffblack.com. JeffBlack.com. For everything, yeah, Jeff. Sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. I send one out, oh, I don't know, every couple of months, two, three months or something like that. Not too much, but it's easy to sign up. And I appreciate you indulging me today and answering my questions and being willing to come in here early in the morning on the same day that you have a show. I hope I had coherent oh, uh, you answers. Oh, you were fine. <laughs> you were just fine. You were just fine. So, do you need to, like, retune or anything? Or is oh, there you go? no, I never tune my guitar. Oh. <laughs> close enough, don't you think? Sounds great to me. Easy on me. Just passed on down to me. 
Take it easy on me. Take it easy on me now. 